Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Mago. Knock, knock. That is the worst way to start a phone call. Come on. Just just go with it. Knock, knock. <sighs> who is there? Atch. Atch who? Bless you. You fell for it again, Mago. You know what I do? I, I stand corrected. Uh, never was there more a perfect way to start a phone call. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Mago. That's, that's funny. I guess we all have our own way of thinking, I suppose. I mean, you know where I where I got that joke, right? That terrible joke book Aunt Marge got you last Christmas? Hey, don't bring Aunt Marge into this again. That was a good book, and I've gotten a lot of mileage from those pages. But but anyways, no, I actually got that joke from 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 Shaq, from me, Shaq. I was I was looking back at our yearbook and from senior year and saw that he wrote that in mine. Hey, some things should stay in the past. Also, uh, I don't know if you've looked in it for a while, but Rack Shack and Benny are always wearing the same shirt. You know that 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 hideous one with the flames on it, the Guy Fieri looking looking shirt that they had. How could I forget? They'd wear it under another shirt, walk around the halls, go up to people and say, "Hey, is it hot in here?" Cause I'm on fire, lifting up their shirts. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Funniest dudes in school, let me tell ya. Yeah. Hey, anyways, what are you calling for? I'm to say that they've all RSVP'd for the, for the reunion, so I may just uh, bust out that old joke book and uh, bring it with me. Joy. Listen, Mago, I-, I know you don't necessarily love the funny one-liners and stuff, but, I mean, give them a break. They've been through a lot, and their humor really has made their friendship strong. No, no, I hear ya. I think they're great guys and all, and they've stuck together through some really hard things, but uh, I'm not good at fake laughter. Oh, yeah? That's one of the most valuable things Ma taught me after 40 years of being married to a Greek like Dad. (laughs) Ha, true. You would think after all these years of hearing Dad's one-liners, I'd be better. Well, I'm I'm excited to see the boys. You know, you ought to thank them. They are one of the biggest reasons I didn't get into more trouble than I already did in high school. And there was some there was some rule followers, that's for sure. Yeah, unless it was a rule they strongly disagreed with. Ugh. Which, in all honesty, you know, I hold them in high esteem for that. That takes some guts. Hey, listen, I gotta get off the phone. I'm getting ready to go through a tunnel. Yeah, that's Boston. All right, I'll talk to you later. Oh, no, not again. Um, hey, my name's Isaac, just as Peyton said. I'm, I'm an intern here at Christ Church Students. I'm super excited to be with you guys tonight. If you don't recognize my name or face, uh, you probably recognize my voice because it's me, uh, Bruno Bellinelli. So um, that's fun, I guess. Um, so have you ever thought about how standing alone is kind of awkward? Like you ever had that moment where you're like the only one standing up in a room? Like, everybody else is seated, um, but for some reason, you're the guy, like, or the gal who, who's standing up, and it's just like, you feel like all attention's on you. It's the worst. Let me tell you, one time I was a freshman in high school, I actually have a picture um, for you guys. I figured it'd be entertaining. We call this the egg picture. Uh, that would be a 14-year-old me, so uh, that was, those were fun times. Um, so I'm a freshman in high school, okay, and so... 
we had this tradition at my youth group when you, when you became a freshman that all of the other high schoolers would make a human tunnel and then as a freshman, you'd run through them and then you'd get to sit on the front row in front of everybody. And it's a great idea on paper, but the problem is for me who like, especially in high school had major anxiety issues, like sitting on the front row where I felt all eyes were on me was like the worst possible thing you could have done, like genuinely. So here's what happens. Okay, so I'm sitting here, right? I'm sitting front row in front of everybody, right? And so the way it worked was communion, the way, the way communion worked in, my, in, in main service was you would sit down, take communion, the song would start playing, everybody would stand up at once. It was a great thing. In high school, they didn't do that, but I didn't know that. So I'm sitting here, take communion, I stand up to my left, to my right. And I'm not kidding you, I just like big clap, sit down, like right in front of everybody. Huge laugh, like everybody's, all attention's on me. I feel like the most awkward kid on the planet. And so like, it's terrible. Cause here's my point, like standing alone is awkward. It's an awkward thing. And I can't help but think if I had two or three people to stand with me, then instead of me being the only one standing up and awkwardly sitting back down, maybe the entire room would have stood with me. So as Drake says, leading into our text in Daniel 3 and leading into our story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want you to hear this one truth, that by standing together in integrity, we show Christ's light to the world. So if y'all would pray with me, Spirit, it's time, make yourself active. Make yourself present in this place. As you have spoken to me the words that I'm about to preach, please speak through me. That the message you are trying to send to these students will be received. Help me not to be an interceptor of your worship, rather a mirror that reflects your image. It's through the sun we pray these things, amen. So um, here's the thing. I wanted to illustrate the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I'm no artist. Um, it would have been very abstract. You would have had no idea what was going on. So I decided to ask some of my uh, friends over in East, some of my fifth grade friends, to draw some pictures of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for me. And I decided to do it through five scenes. The first scene that we get is them going to Babylon. And so you have Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego is way back here. You're going to find that Abednego is all over the place in this story um, for some reason. And they are in Babylon. They are headed to the temple. And the backstory of them is that they were one of the four main people underneath King Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. And these are the four dudes. And they hear the idea that King Nebuchadnezzar wants to build a statue so that people can worship him. And so this is them off to the temple on their way to go see the statue. And I have to wonder if there's nervousness setting in. If they're like, because on the inside, they're wrestling with the tension that they're gonna have to choose because they've got to their place by serving God, by honoring God, but now they're gonna have to have the true test. Are they going to worship the king? Or are they gonna stay true and worship God? And that brings us to scene number two. Um, these just get better as they go. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, that is, that is uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Um, I feel sorry for him. Um, so yeah, you have, you have Shadrach and Meshach. They're the ones saying E and she. I don't know what that means. I think they may be speaking in tongues. 
Um, and so then you got Abednego way over here. For some reason, they've sacrificed two of the people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. But they're standing before the statue. And what's going to happen is they're going to unveil the statue. The horn's going to sound and everybody's going to kneel. They're going to kneel before the statue. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to make a decision. Are they going to kneel with the world or are they going to stand for what they believe, stand for their God? Takes us to picture, uh, no, not picture number three yet. People are around them in this moment and they're probably saying things like, come on, man, just kneel. Like nobody's going to care. You're just going to be one, one of the people. And there are people around him who are like, oh man, those are the pretentious guys, one of, one of King Nebuchadnezzar's four. Of course, they're not gonna kneel. And there are some people who are pressing them to make this decision, to kneel. Just do it, nobody's gonna care, you're gonna die if you don't. But they don't, they hold on. And this infuriates King Nebuchadnezzar, which takes us to scene number three, where they're standing before the king. And this one apparently took the longest to draw. I don't know why. It's four stick people in a chair. But King Nebuchadnezzar's furious and he's confused. You can't see the question mark on the screen, but it's right here. He's confused. He's not sure why these three trusted men will not kneel before him, will not worship him. And they are, they are not gonna, they're not gonna fall, they're not gonna kneel. They're in a place where nobody is gonna know. If they kneel before the king now, who cares? It's just gonna stay between them and the king. The king's gonna forgive them if they just kneel before him in this moment. Are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gonna hold true? Are they going to stand or are they going to kneel? And they decide to hold true and they stay standing when nobody else is looking. And that brings us to scene four. This infuriates him more. Yeah, this one's rough. Um, so it infuriates them more. And so the king decides that he's going to throw them into the furnace. He's going to turn the furnace into the hottest it can be. And he's going to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into this furnace. And the furnace is so hot as the picture depicts that the guards get incinerated um, before they even have a chance to throw them in. And I have to wonder, as they are facing the fires, they have accepted the punishment of standing up for their God. The punishment of death, that they were willing to die for their God, to stand up for what they believe in. And this is integrity. Takes us to scene five. The king looks into the furnace after a little while and goes, wait a second, isn't there three people in the furnace that we threw in? And they're like, yeah. It's like, I see, I see four. And uh, they told me, these, these, these fifth graders told me, this is 80s angel. You can say hi to 80s angel. He's got a mustache and a mullet. Um, and he's standing there with three hobbits from Hobbiton and it's, it's beautiful. Um, but no, in all seriousness, he's standing there in front of the furnace and he's looking and he's like, I see four men. And this angel of the Lord, when, when, the, when the Old Testament uses the term angel of the Lord, it's not normally an angel. It's actually God appearing himself, typically manifested. Some people believe that this is the son of man, that this is Jesus making an appearance before he comes down to earth as a baby. 
And so God is standing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And that though it's hot, though it's getting hot, the flame isn't burning him in the same way that it didn't burn Moses in the burning bush. So what does the story tell us? What do we do with this weird story, with this strange, um, with these strange characters, with sometimes these strange depictions of these characters? Like, what do we do? Let me remind you of our big idea. But by standing together in integrity, Christ, we can show Christ's light to the world. And I'm gonna break this down by asking us five questions about this story for the five pictures we just saw. The first question, what is your Babylon? See, Babylon is a city in this story. It's a city where the king resides, where the statue is, but it also holds a metaphor that starting in Genesis with the Tower of Babel all the way through Revelation's depiction of it, it's always a mark of darkness. It's a place where God is not present, where exiles reside. So what is your Babylon? Is it your schools? Is it your friend group? Is it your families? Is it your communities? What is your Babylon? What is the place of darkness? Maybe it's internal, maybe it's just you. What is it? It's a dark, where, it's a dark place where people need to stand. So what is your Babylon? Second question, are you gonna stand when the world is watching? This is the first step of integrity. It's standing when the world is watching you. When your friends are sitting there and telling you it's okay to do it. When there's pressure from those who are close to you to go ahead and compromise what you believe. When it feels like all eyes are upon you if you don't do it or if you do it. Even if you feel the name calling and the joking Are you gonna stand? Are you gonna stand when everybody's watching you? Third question, are you gonna stand when no one's looking? Second half of integrity, standing when the world is watching, it's standing when no one is looking. When you're behind closed doors, when you're in the room by yourself, when nobody else is home, when you don't think it's gonna hurt anybody, when it feels like it's just between you and the king, are you gonna stand with integrity when no one even cares? Slide four. Are you willing to be thrown into the fires of life because of your integrity? When you're facing the furnace, when the heat is getting to you, when you can realize that death is imminent, are you gonna stand? The punishment is terrifying. People may abandon you. What happens when you're the only one in your community, in your friend group, in your family who stands? Are you willing to stand in front of the fires for your integrity? When people are making fun of you, when you become the butt of the jokes, are you gonna stand? Question five, 
Do you truly believe that God is standing with you? That he is with you in the fire, that though the heat is touching you and you have been thrown into the furnace, that's not gonna burn you. It's not, gonna, it's not really gonna hurt you because God is standing in the fires with you. He is protecting you that even if it may seem like you're alone and that everybody has turned against you because you are standing for what you believe, it's okay because there's another in the fire standing next to you. If I were to expand on our big idea, our big idea of by standing together in integrity, we show Christ's light to the world, I would say this, that when you stand together, when you stand in Babylon, you stand in integrity, when, every, when everyone's watching and when no one is looking, and when you face the fires, then when we face the darkest fires, we can shine the brightest light of Christ's love to the Babylons that we are in. And so with this in mind, you guys are actually gonna have a chance to respond to this. This is gonna seem weird, but I hope you take it seriously. So many participation from everybody. So I'm gonna have you all stand, stand up for a second. The heart of the issue is that our Babylons, is that Babylon is a place where people put idols before God. And this is no different than what we are experiencing today. We are in a world that is like Babylon. We are exiles in this world, a world full of people who are kneeling and worshiping things. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna list off some things. Most of them are actually good things, but they're taking the place of God. They're taking the place of where he should be seated at the top. So a lot of y'all, you feel pride and lust, unrighteous anger, you have rage, you gossip, and if that is you in this moment, if you have elevated those things above the place where God should be, I'm gonna ask that you just simply take a knee with me in this moment. Like I said, some of these are good things. For some of us, it's sports. Sports have taken the place of God that sometimes we have elevated our scholarships, our potential scholarships, sometimes we have elevated our practices and our games above the place of God. Sometimes it's our families, it's our parents, it's our siblings, for our leaders, it's our children and our spouses. And they have elevated the place of God in our lives. For some of us, it's our, if our significant other, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, no, these can be good things. They have taken the place of God. For some of us, it's our schoolwork. Our schoolwork has become an idol. That I want you to have good grades, but when the scholarships and the full rides have taken the place of God, that is when it becomes an issue. 
For some of us, it's these right here, your phones, that social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Netflix, video games, YouTube, those things you have decided to put in priority ahead of the one who created you. And this is uncomfortable, isn't it? One knee, my knee hurts. It's uncomfortable to kneel. See students, this is Babylon. This is what Babylon looks like. It's a world that's shackled to kneeling to so many different things. This is what our schools, this is what some of our families, this is what some of our friend groups, what our country looks like, is a world full of kneelers. A world full of kneelers waiting for someone, something to set them free. Just a glimmer of light to shine in their dark world. So my question, students, is this. And I want you to hold off on a second, but are you gonna stand? Are you gonna stand with integrity? Are you gonna stand when the world is watching? Are you gonna stand when no one is looking? Because Babylon needs a light. It needs a God that is gonna come into their world and show them the unconditional love that only he can offer. Babylon needs to experience a savior that came down from the perfection of heaven to enter into the mess to change the world, to live and to die and to resurrect for all of the kneeling that we have done. Students, Babylon needs to witness the light of Jesus. But the only way that happens is if we show them that light by standing with integrity. So the band is gonna play a couple of songs and what I want you to do is hold out for a second. When they start playing, if you want to be that light, if you are ready to make the commitment to stand, then I'm going to invite you to do that. This is the only way we conquer Babylon is together. Together with our brothers and sisters, together in this group with our family on Wednesday nights, can we conquer Babylon? This is the only way our families change, our schools change, our friend groups change. So we're going to sing. As you guys feel led to respond, I ask that you do. So you decided to stand up. What now? I just wanna give you guys three quick things that I think we can practically do to move forward from this. I want this to be a turning point for us. This could be a turning point, the point that we can look back on. First is to pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for your families, pray for your communities. Not just behind closed doors, because remember integrity is both, but pray for them in public when the world is watching. That's kind of uncomfortable and some of us are better at that than others, but I would encourage you to pray for your, for your friends, for your family. Second thing, speak up. Speak up about what you believe. That when, that when somebody's maybe pressing you towards something or maybe somebody's encouraging you against good things, speak up about what you believe about God. You know, silence doesn't get anything done sometimes. Sometimes it's just good to speak up. Third thing, third is to stop. 
Stop what you're doing behind closed doors. Stop what you're doing in public places when the world is watching. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to say it out loud. Everybody has their things. And so as almost an older brother, let me tell you, knock it off. Stop. Don't do it anymore. Just because it's before the king of Babylon doesn't mean that it doesn't affect anybody. This is integrity. And I can't help but wonder, just as if I thought that maybe if two or three stood with, with me my freshman year of high school, that the entire room would have stood up instead of me sitting down, I can't help but wonder if the same thing would happen in our schools, in our families, in our communities, that if more of us stood up together that Maybe things can change. Maybe, maybe they can change. Students, welcome to Babylon. It's a fun place. Let's stand in our world full of kneelers together when they're all watching and when none of them are looking. And when we face the fires of hell for our integrity and for our standing together, let's stand together with God in those moments that through this lives can be changed because of the light of the gospel. You guys are dismissed to your groups. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.